I don't know if you've read it, Nikki, but Otep penned one hell of a piece that made its way to Metal oh, Sucks about Trump. That I, was pretty epic. I watched the video of you reading that. Well, Metal Sucks asked, the blog Metal Sucks, their readership basically hates everything that I do. Because, again, we're not we're not really a metal band. Yeah, well, call us a, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, people, call us, people call us a metal band because um, we have double kick and I do low guttural streams in, the, in, in our songs. But we're basically a fusion band. If you want to get down to it, you want to put us in a category. We're still a new metal band. I don't. I don't. People hate on that that moniker. They hate that category. I don't. That's what we were. New metal. If you guys remember, new metal changed music. Just like grunge changed music. Yep. You know, before grunge, it was hair metal. Before new metal, before Slipknot, before Corn, before System of a Down, before all these Deftones, before those bands came along. I mean, music. They brought that, those bands brought style, fusion, other aspects of other musical styles into a new uh, genre of music and how exciting it was. And then we went through these, this decade of just like, hey, we're all just going to copy Pantera and uh, oh, not give Pantera yes. any credit, <laughs> but we're going to do that and you guys aren't going to know about it because you haven't listened to any of the, how, how amazing Pantera is. I mean, that was what was disrespectful to me. I love Pantera. Pantera are gods. And for you to, all these bands to copy them and never give them Respect was always, I thought, offensive. But um, people always try to categorize us. New metal, this rap core. Fine, I'm rap core. I'll take that. I rap. I rap a lot. Of, I rap a lot in songs. I, I'm, I'm a spoken word artist. I'm a po- I write poetry. Sometimes I rap in songs. Call me rap core. I don't care. Just if you like the music or you don't. If I don't, if you need categories, you need labels. Go look at a soup can. Don't even don't even look my way because I don't really care about it. But um, uh, you know, the Metal Sucks asked me to uh, the, the guys who run Metal Sucks are actually pretty cool dudes. Um, we we've actually had debates and discourse. I did their podcast. Um, one guy's really really pro Bernie, and I addressed a lot of things that I like about Bernie. A lot of things I don't like about Bernie. Um, and uh, then they end up asking me if I'd write a piece for them. So. I thought I would, and I knew the audience that would that would be reading it. So um, I could have gone off on one of my tirades about about Trump, and and they would just dismissed it. But I thought I'd write something a little bit more Orwellian. So I decided to imagine what I thought it would be sixteen years into Emperor Trump's reign, and um, I don't know. I had, I had a, it was really scary, but it was actually a lot of fun to write. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. One way of putting it. I mean, it's it's amazing to me how we went from yeah. being a country. I mean, I, I am old enough to remember uh, growing up in the Cold War, and I remember cheering when East Germans would jump the wall to West Germany. And somehow, and we went from going, you go, you get there, man, to yeah. you know, all of a sudden taking yeah. a look at people doing the same across our southern border and going, oh, wait, not you, not well, you. Well, yeah, and I, I'm not, well, you know, listen, I mean, let's be real. The, Mitt Romney won 60% of the white vote in this country. Donald Trump's not getting that, and President Obama still murdered him with a landslide of votes, like 20 million votes. So I don't think we have to worry too much about it. What is what's the problem? Is the ugliness of Donald Trump is that he's able to say all these things without any journalist. They report on it. They report that he said it, but no one's asking him those questions. Okay, sir, then why don't you do this? There was one guy that did it, Chris Matthews, and Chris Matthews exposed the lie that is Donald Trump. Just because he's quote-unquote successful, that doesn't show... He hasn't released his tax returns. We don't know how rich he really is. We don't know how... He's under IRS audit at the moment. Uh, we don't know how many loans he's gotten from people. We don't know how many times he's declared bankruptcy. We know four for sure. Um, but that means that all the subcontractors, 
Those are the people that are voting for him. Those are the, ca- the, the carpenters and, and all the welders and all those folks that were left without getting paid because he filed bankruptcy to, to protect his own interests, to protect his company. Chapter 11, I think it is. Mm. But, um, uh, you know, the, the issue uh, with, with this is, is how, even, even a shorter memory than that, man, is why is it that we cheer when Cubans can float across, the, float across from Cuba into Florida and we welcome them with open arms, but if someone walks over from Mexico, we treat them as if they're, they're invaders or yeah. something, when it's the same thing. They're escaping the same kind of poverty. They're escaping the same kind of, of you know, regime. It's different, right? Democratic socialism on Mexico's side, communism on the other side. But it's still pretty much the same. If I was living in some place and I couldn't feed my family, and I know if I just walked three miles over that way, I could, I could send money back to my children so that they could eat. I would do that. And, just going and, to jail, I would do that. That's and, my and a single, fat, white, comfortable person who wouldn't do the same, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, we, you know, and we suffer from crazy historical amnesia in this country. We just had George W. Bush for eight years and what he did and Dick Cheney, what they did and Rumsfeld, all those guys, what they did to ruin this country. And yet we're going to elect someone that's even dumber than George W. Bush. At least George <laughs> W. Bush was smarter. I mean, that's real. I mean, he's making George W. Bush look like a statesman right now. <laughs> and I mean, that's hard to say. This guy said that, you know, that, uh, I mean, Bush was one of those people that you just want. He was a, a comedian's best friend. But now we're going to get a guy in there that, what the, I think the safe thing that George W. Bush did was that he did, even though he was the, maybe the darkest person that's ever been in the White House, uh, at least in common terms. I mean, I don't know how it was uh, before electricity. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Dick Cheney, he put Dick Cheney in office. Dick Cheney been in office since Nixon. Right, so Dick, he knew all the ins and outs of Washington D.C. He knew who's palms to grease, all that. Uh, he, you know, he was friends with Saddam Hussein before we killed Saddam Hussein. Um, Dick Cheney was. You think you think Donald Trump's going to put somebody in there that's not a yes man? Heroin. Oh, and imagine what it, what he's going to do to the White House. It's going to be gold gold foil all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Angels peeing into fountains everywhere. I mean, it's just, and, and I, I, we probably were painted orange. Literally, how does a human being get that color? Nobody's <laughs> no even idea. talking about that. Like, literally, and why does he, does he have cataracts? Why does he think that color is real? Like, that is, <laughs> you are the color of a basketball, dude. Like, who, like, how does your wife look at you and go, that is, that, that is the guy I want. Like, I want that color. That's ridiculous. And you can tell he wears those little, those little glasses in the tanning booth because he, they don't cover his eyes. Oh, yeah. so his eyes yeah. are like oh, yeah. are still like white and purpley and all weird and old. <laughs> I mean, it's so and it's weird because he's been in our psyche for so long. Trump, Trump, Trump. He was in Home Alone, the first one. He's been this horrible person forever, and now suddenly he's he's able. I mean, literally, our our society has like a two minute memory. You know, <laughs> yeah. they say goldfish have five second memories, which isn't true, by the way. We've proven that they actually have consciousness. Fish have consciousness. But Donald Trump and, and the American people have that. Donald Trump will say something like, oh, all Mexicans are rapists. And then the next day someone will say, you said all Mexicans are racist. No, I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Oh, it just oh, maybe it is. It's almost like the forest, man. He's like, these aren't the droids you're looking for. Oh, these aren't the droids you're looking for. Right? He's something, man. I actually, you know, I was, I was actually looking because I, I can't stand it. I hate bullies. I hate them. 
I, you know, I don't run from anybody. I, I don't. I don't have that fight or flight in me. I only have fight. If a tiger ran in me, I would try to hug him, I think. I don't run from him. It's just a thing in my brain. I'm wired that way. I don't know why. Um, it's been like that my whole life. It is set my mother into a frenzy several times, but <laughs> watching these, watching these videos of Donald Trump, um, his, his audiences push teenage black, black children around and like this okay. one, uh, young African American girl, he's, they're just shoving her. Just these old men, grandpa age men are just shoving this girl because they don't want her in there. And I was thinking, man, I really hope we have a show in one of his t- cities where it is a rally. Cause I'll take my entire crowd and my whole crew, which you guys see my my uh, my guitar player? I've Eric? met your guitarist. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't okay. look like he can't kick someone's ass. I'm gonna tell you something. That kid can lift a bus. He's that strong. He's Greek. I walk in. We'll walk into that place and we'll see. And I'll I'll hold. You know, death to Trump signs or something. You know, just something to aggravate. Not to say death Trump. This is some Trump is orange. I don't know something like that. And we'll see how many of those people dare to to try to shove us around. I don't think they would because. Aristotle grabbed like five of them with one arm and lift them <laughs> off the ground like Superman. And then, uh, you know, I'll just get up on stage and and uh, maybe I'll put my palm up against Donald Trump's just see how tiny his little hands are. <laughs> Promise <laughs> me, like if this happens, you call us and you let us know. I, I, I'll just I'll just put you, I'll FaceTime with you guys. And <laughs> we'll <just> <laughs> <all> <laughs> I mean, but, I you know, getting back, to, getting back to the record, I mean, a large, a large part of the, re, like the visuals for Generation Doom were written because I saw Mad Max Fury Road. There's no, I'm not hiding that. That's like, if people think that's a big surprise, oh, they, they're inspired by, by Furiosa. Yeah, I was. And yeah, I am. Not only is it the, one of the best action films ever made, but the plot of that film is an actual possible reality for the world we live in, our civilization. Because we are, we're listening to people who, um, to a man, one side of this country, or one population of this country is listening to a man who is a reality TV star. That's all he is. You know, every other building venture he's ever done is, uh, has pretty much failed. They buy his Trump brand and they just put the logo, like they put the stamp on the outside of it because they know that people know who he is. But he's a failed brand. And yet, you look at, you look at Mad Max Fury Road, the thing that this man does, in, in, uh, you know, uh, Immortan Don, I almost said Immortan Don, look at that, I almost said Immortan Donald <laughs> Trump. Immortan Joe, what does he do? He controls, he controls the fuel, he controls the oil, he controls the weapons, he controls the water. And, and everybody, all those people who saw, all those really smart, devious people that saw the housing bubble break during the Bush administration, before anybody else did, before the government, before anybody, they saw it, they invested in it, they made billions of dollars in working class and working poor people being kicked out of their homes. Those same people who made billions of dollars off of that are investing in clean water right now mm-hmm. because they see it. Our planet's running out of clean water. Uh, and no one's doing anything to stop it. And if anybody thinks that man will do it, they're wrong. And that's why I wanted to use those visuals, and that's why I wanted to name the record Generation Doom, because we can either be the doomed generation, or we can be the doom of those who seek to doom us. And that's what I hope to do. I hope, I hope you know, uh, that, we, that people are inspired enough to, to really move us forward, because we, we're at a point where if we can boldly go into the future or we can fall so far back that I don't ever I don't know if we'll ever get back up. And um and that's why the title of the record is Generation Doom. 
Otep, no matter how many times you yelled it in the song Zero, you clearly give more than a few f- and we are so glad you gave enough of one to talk to us this afternoon, man. Thank you. Thank the you. new record from from uh, Zero to the title track to uh, Down, your half Mark Twain, half Jesse James from the Electronica yeah. on that On the Shore remix to the Lord cover, which came out yeah. of nowhere. Man, you are thank killing you. it on this new record. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, that, thank you so much. You know, the Lord, um, the Lord cover really was a, a thing. Uh, most album, most labels want us to uh, to cover. You know, they want all their bands cover a song, cover a song. And so they gave us some standards that a lot of bands cover, and we could have covered them, made our own. But I really wanted to do something that reflected that I could relate to one, and that I think um, um, I was listening to some Hendrix one day, and and I, I remember that he was covering a Bob Dylan song, and that they were contemporaries, and how rare that is this, these days, where, where you know people don't really cover each other's songs anymore, contemporaries, you know, and so. I, I remembered I really liked the song Royals because it spoke to me. I was a poor kid growing up, and, and I didn't see a lot of rock stars driving hot rods or muscle cars through our neighborhoods. And so uh, that, that song really spoke to me. And then the next task was how do we make it an OTEP song, though? So um, Aristotle and I sat down, and we listened to a bunch of bands that had covered other songs. And, you know, uh, Manson did really go, really great with the uh, was it Sweet Dreams. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we listened, to, but the one that did it for us was Johnny Cash, the, his cover of uh, "Hurt" by Nine Inch Nails, and we were like, "That's it, that's 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 how we do it." And we sat down and we started making it our own right then. And um, we're, I'm really proud of this record. Um, I was liberated enough to be me and not to try to fit into a genre, and that's why the song, the record starts off with zero that I don't give a fuck because I don't give a fuck about what people say. Uh, of what, where I should be, what 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 category or classification, or where I should be or what I should say, what I should talk about. People people try to tell me that all the time. Labels, you know, random haters try to say, oh, you shouldn't say that about the government, or you shouldn't say that about, you know, bullying, or you shouldn't you should just stick the party in and all this. And I came in, sixty thousand other bands out there with writing those songs. Go listen to them, um, or just you know, just I don't give a fuck what you think about me. So I wrote that song about that, and then uh, every song after that, really, I, I went back to my how I wrote the first record, which is my personal journals and my my poetry. Um, I took two years off from the from being signed. I took I got out of the record industry. I couldn't stand it anymore. Couldn't stand listening to some suit in an office someplace, sitting behind a desk, telling me how hard he works, um, trying to tell me who my fans are and what I should be writing to them and, and, and you're too heavy for this category, but you're not heavy enough for this category. We can't get you here. We can't get you there. And I just got tired of it. So I took two years off. We toured. Uh, I did a lot of voiceover work. I do voiceover acting as well. So I, I did the, the Hobbit movie, the battle of five armies. I was in, um, uh, the PlayStation game, the last of us, which is one five BAFTA awards. Very proud of that. Um, I did, I've done a couple more. I can't talk about the maybe signed confidentiality agreements, but um, I, I just focused on stuff that made me happy. I wrote a book of short stories called Movies in My Head, and then we toured just as a band, unsigned. We just went out and played for our fans, and that really helped. And then uh, just, as, just as I was feeling liberated, um, I went through a really bad breakup, and uh, it was one of those, one, I'd never had a first love before, and this was like, you know, 
adulthood first love, and that was uh, really tough for me. And and to know like my partner, my companion, my confidant, um, everything um, was gone. And uh, I was I felt you know because a lot of times you know gays and lesbians we don't get to have that first love young because we're in the closet yeah, and yeah. we're afraid. So it, it that comes later in life, and so that's a, sometimes that's harder to deal with. Um, <clears throat> So uh, I wrote in my, I went to my books, and I, I, I let myself be sad. I, I gave myself permission to be resentful, to feel betrayed, to feel upset, and and to also understand, you know, that there was it, it, it was there was something wrong with me too. It wasn't just her, and so that was, uh, you know, I started writing, and out of the, those poetry uh, came the line, "Something's wrong with me for thinking something's right with you." There, there is a conversation that pops up on the record where it, it and I, I, I wasn't sure if it was for, from a movie. I Googled the dialogue, but nothing came up where there's somebody talking about how people come into your life and, and they go. Was this something recorded between you and a friend? Uh, yeah, that was that was uh, an accidental recording, actually. Oh, wow. Man. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, uh, um, I, I guess my my uh, my phone has got the voice recorder. <laughs> I must have accidentally hit it. I was I was sometimes I'll take notes on on my voice recorder, and um, and then uh, I guess it must have popped back on. But yeah, that and then when I heard it, I was like, because I was going back through listening for. Sometimes I'll get melodies and I'll forget them, so I'll record them. And um, I heard that and I was like, oh, that is appropriate for. Uh, another song wrote called Lie, which is again about um, uh, this idea of, be, of, of, of being, being okay being sad. It's okay to be depressed. It's okay to be angry. Just do something with it. You know, put it in the song, put it into a journal, get it out of you so it doesn't haunt you, so it doesn't inhabit you. Let it, let it live somewhere else. And you can always revisit it when you need to. It's always there, but it shouldn't be present all the time. And I think that's the, that is the, miracle of, of art that it, that it's able to live on but doesn't have to live on with, within you. We are so glad that you that you reach there, that you go to places that maybe some people are scared to go to to create this incredible art. Seven albums now, Generation Doom, it's yeah. out now. Uh, for the love of all that is holy and more than a few things that are unholy, if you're listening to this interview, Google the term oligarchy and then pick up the new OTAP. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Oh, it's been such you know, a pleasure. Thank you. I just want to, lastly, I'll just say this. You know, um, I think if anything about this election cycle proves to anybody is that the people really can't control a lot. And people can't control how the record, the, 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 how the record industry releases music and what they release. And they do that through their buying power because that's all these guys look at. They're not music fans. All they look at are numbers. And what's selling is what they want to copy. And that's why you have you know, a Kesha, a Britney Spears, or this, or this, or this, all these people at the same time happening because somebody said, that's selling, find me the next so-and-so. And so, really, you have, you have as, a, as a listener, you have the, the ability to change the course of music through buying power. You love a band, buy their record. You love another band, buy their record. And you'll see a change. It may not happen overnight, but you'll see that change happen, and it's all in the people's hands because these guys... All they do is look at those numbers. That's all.
Art saves, man. You've been saying it since the beginning. Art saves. That's right. Art Art saves. Thank you guys so much. This has been a pleasure. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. It's been great having you. Thanks, guys.